Welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide podcast. I'm Bradley. I am Randy. <laughs> and I'm Bryce. Hello, everybody. Did that sound really professional or like... This is top tier. This is the most professional I've ever heard you say Wait, anything it, in. Did you say top tier or top tier? Top what? Like, too, like tough to hear or top tier? <laughs> or top gear. Yeah. Ooh, there we go. I don't know. It's so top shelf, though, that like I can't even reach it. So yeah. I also need the help. Nor can I afford it. So there's that. Right. No, it's okay. I, uh... I can't even afford my own product. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Now that's a conundrum. Right? I think so. But uh, I'm selling it, but I'm not buying it. I mean, I couldn't buy most of the stuff at my work anyways, <laughs> so it's fine. It's, it's so true. true. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> uh, it's another great week here at um, the multiple places that we're recording this from. Where yeah. are we recording this from? What a mystery this is. Oh, is from the server of Discord. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually deep in the woods of the Vanquisher's Guide uh, Tropic, Tropic National Laboratory <laughs> yeah. Reserve. It's uh, 20 levels underground. That was great. That was an incredible analogy. Thanks. <laughs> I love that. I didn't follow it, but here we are. Speaking of the number seven. Yeah, so true. I, Lucky number, man. It, it's my it's, second favorite number. Oh, it's my uh, not favorite number. But yeah. uh, in in the the great time period that is known as the 1700s. Oh, wonderful. I'm, you had to throw your chamber pot out into the street. <laughs> and, you know, it just smelled a, great. And oh, what a bathed be alive I mean, it was a great I, I have nothing good to say about the 1700s to be honest nothing good i, I mean, mean there was less there was less pollution back then i mean like, I like piracy that's... was a thing which is kind of cool but it's still terrible because it's like stealing and murdering yeah, but no um there's not i mean like you know what you know what they do have actually i take that back do you know what they have in the 1700s uh, a monster for us to talk about excellent Disease? Oh, well, there's that too. Oh. Yeah, the bubonic plague, what a blast. I've heard that that was just a killer. Yeah, literally. It, uh, <laughs> what a crowd pleaser. Okay, I'm done. We're gonna, I'm going to stop. I thought you were going to say crowd control, witty. and I was like, yikes. That's man. funny, but no, I'm not witty. But uh, we're going to, we find ourselves in the time period that is 1764. Oh, and, I remember uh, like it was yesterday. It, it really wasn't. But especially for the French, I'm sure they remembered it like it was yesterday, because during this time period in France, there was a war called the Seven Year War in the Whoa. 1700s. How, How long, long did, did that, that war take? <laughs> it, um, some say We're it hilarious. lasted somewhere between seven years and almost eight years. They should wow. have just called it the almost eight year war. Yeah, would have the somewhere what? between seven to eight year war. <laughs> Nobody and, really uh, remembers, honestly. It was all blur. <laughs> no, trust me, the French remember because they lost. Not yeah. only did they lose to Prussia, but they also lost to the British. Just um, like the North, France remembers. The, yeah. <laughs> and uh, not only did they lose two wars, France lost multiple overseas colonies. That's embarrassing. And so 
just this is this is the it's time a rough year we, uh we, rough seven years actually ah. <laughs> yeah come on dude it's the seven year war how did you forget that already but uh <laughs> this is probably a, a major factor of why we think the french always like forfeit is not the right word with surrender surrender retreat i don't know one of those things is that a thing that people think is pretty sure very memeable thing yeah i mean like it's like it's like a history class meme yeah it's pretty good maybe not quite top shelf on that one (laughs) so during times of war often Uh countries find themselves having an economic crisis and uh, i'm having an emotional crisis right now so i feel it was france losing they were also in a famine. They were also in an economic crisis. And so just what a time to be alive. <laughs> and uh, and then we get to the year 1764, right after the Seven Years' War. Mm. And something else happens to the French. In a little town of Gévaudan, we find that an unknown creature... Um, within four a four year time span, so from seventeen sixty four to seventeen sixty seven, from between a hundred to two hundred people in a rural town of Jevudan were murdered, or in by killed because we don't know if it was because doesn't murder mean person, anyways. And so this this story just captivated the entire entirety of france but not only just france it became one of the world's first uh, multinational international news story dang i mean like how how big was the town in which like 200 people died because i mean <laughs> i wouldn't think there's too many people left honestly. it was the entire oh, town this t- I mean, town it, was wiped out i mean it, thinking about towns in the 1700s in rural like rural farming france they can't be more th- it is a hard word to say um there can't be more than i'd say 500 people maybe mm-hmm. oh so like well, half the town died yeah, yeah oh. that was like that was almost half the town that just got wiped out i mean That's okay cool. that was obviously me just guessing there could have been like 10 million people for all i know um, i'm gonna bet not 10 million but just thinking about like population sizes in that time they're probably not very big i agree so anyways um and this this beast gained the name of the really, really good name of the Beast of Jevadan. How creative! How did they come up with that? Yeah, really. I honestly cool. could not tell you. It's pretty um, catchy, so... more catchy even than the Seven Year War, I would say. <laughs> um, and as this is happening, um, and we'll we'll theorize this a little bit more, um, and I'll hope, hopefully, you guys will come up with some fun and wacky uh, ideas as well, but. For the most part, most people in France and even most modern scholars have agreed that this could be either a wolf or a pack of wolves attacking people, not a, some kind of mythical creature or anything. Ghost plesiosaurs. Yes. But there are some people that suggest that the beast might not have been a wolf at all, and it could have been completely something completely different. Oh and, my goodness! So. You just you yeah. just introduced this thing and immediately yanked the freaking. Oh, carpet out from underneath of me disappointed let me go ahead and just describe this thing and tell me if this sounds like a wolf to you because i mean i've never seen a wolf in real life so i don't i'm i can't be certain okay so think um game of thrones wolves just much smaller 
Okay, okay. So yeah. already small wolves, uh-huh. even smaller. No, no, no. I'm talking like miniature wolves. <laughs> wolves. No, it's like the, it's like the 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 sheep that pass out when they run. They're like a, yeah. It's oh, like it's like, a, like a, a goat. It's no, like no, a corgi sized uh, wolf. Yeah. coming after you. Anyways, so <laughs> as uh, this is going to be a collection of the different descriptions that we got from people. So a proportion of uh, people um, described the as you know a little bit bigger maybe you know scarier which is pretty hard because wolves are terrifying but something scarier bigger than a wolf but usually with typical wolf horse-sized wolf in a oh. another source actually funny the next sentence is uh, other sources claim different things like one said it was as large as a calf or sometimes as a horse oh my goodness so that <laughs> that's the biggest thing i can imagine seriously though i, I <laughs> it's unfathomable um <laughs> And we hear stories of it having a coat that is reddish gray with a long, strong panther-like tail. The uh, head and legs were short-haired and usually the color of a deer, so that's going to be like a light tan, probably. Yeah, this dude's very fashionable, honestly. Yeah, seriously, right? or is he getting all these coats, dude? Like, is it the Burlington Coat Factory, or what's going he's on? The really high level, so he's unlocked some pretty. Cool <laughs> oh, he's got all the transmogs and stuff. <laughs> Jealous. Hell yeah, man. Um, not only that, he had a black stripe on his back with talons on his feet. And, Yo, he's uh, got racing stripes. Sick. Makes him go fast. Many drawings of the beast, not beast, um, give him very lupine characteristics, which is okay. wolf, wolf characteristics. Uh-huh. Um, for all of the people that like me that don't, don't speak that. Latin. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I knew that like actually was because of Professor Lupin from uh That's what I was <laughs> gonna say. <laughs> um so many historians, scientists, even pseudoscientists and conspiracy theorists, because this was also a very early cryptid, um, have proposed Heck different yeah. theories about what the beast was. Um among the suspects we have an Eurasian wolf, an armored war dog, a striped hyena, a lion some kind of prehistoric predator, a werewolf, and a dog-wolf hybrid of or and or a human. Well, that's a lot of things. That is a large variance. But I cannot really see like any of those killing an entire like two hundred people. <laughs> you know, well, right? And so that's why most scientists would say a pack of wolves. And by scientists, I mean like the historian people, not like that's still like a big solid. pack of wolves, right? Well, I mean, it if it's five years, who says it's the same pack, you know? What if it's, like, a crazy, weird pack of just, like, a bunch of different animals? It's just, like, like a weird assortment of, like, wolves and cheetahs and horses and deer all traveling together, going on a murderous rampage. Is that, like, the, the leftovers from Noah's Ark? <laughs> it's the ones that didn't get, let, didn't get on. They had to fend for themselves. They're, They're war-hardened. <laughs> that is a theory why not i mean hey i mean people think it's i mean that's honestly more likely than a werewolf so hey, hey. werewolves are real i've so, seen them yeah i haven't seen a wolf but i've seen a werewolf for sure <laughs> something uncharacteristic of an animal we have a lot of witnesses that describe the beast as an ambush hunter which stalked its prey and seized them by the throat and Dang. uh Sometimes the bodies were not eaten or anything, which is very uncharacteristic of 
you know, an animal's hunting someone. Very. Um, wounds found on the bodies were typically on the head, um, limbs, and then also the throat. Um, and there were 16 victims that were reported to be decapitated. Jeez. Um, so it's a intense attacks, and we'll get into a couple of the, you know, the actual stories here in a second. But uh, we hear also stories of it, you know, prowling evening and mornings. And so, the, just you know, as we talk about this, like realize like this killer animal or mythical creature or whatever it's very hard to pin down what's going on because and you know just because it doesn't represent what we would think it would be yeah so yeah yeah. so let's 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 take this to the the beginning we have um the first recorded fatal attack of the beast occurred on june 30th 1764 there was a 14 year old uh shepherd Des, that's the that's the word. Yep. Shepherd I didn't even know that was a proper term. That's cool. Seriously. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess makes sense. To this, um, children, particularly young women, were usually shepherds during this time period. Uh, uh, child labor, classic. Of course, child labor is very much um, in full force at this time. I mean, when I was growing up, my parents said the only reason they had children was so they didn't have to do chores anymore. So <laughs> my parents. <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and so we, we get to this 14 year old girl who was a 10, who tended a flock of sheep. Her name was Jean Bolette. Nice. I think that's her name. Sounds um, like a pretty she, nice person. She's probably a really nice person, but we don't ever get to know because, um, she, uh, died. Oh. Um, so she did not grow up to become little Bo Peep. No. And, uh, she, uh, yeah, was also her, her attack was to the throat and her like throat was ripped out. Um, not so way anyone should go, let alone a fourteen-year-old girl. Reported attack for the beast of Jevudan. There was an attack before this that happened, um, where someone actually survived the attack. Um, but do we know that this is the exact killer? No, but yeah, we have um a historian named Jay Smith. He uh, he writes in a book called Monsters of Jevudan about uh, two months prior to this attack from June 30th um, about a woman, a young woman tending cattle who was attacked by a creature and how she described it because she did get away was it was like a wolf yet not a wolf. So perfect description. I really Helpful. Wow. thank you. This lady. Um, yeah, so she uh, apparently was able to escape because her herd of animals protected her against the wolf not a wolf which is pretty cool that's that's pretty good man i mean like goes to show you really want to treat your sheep nice or whatever (laughs) they'll have your back they'll be your boys (laughs) who knew sheep were uh loyal followers of you know homies i guess i I knew that because that's why they have shepherds anyways um so after a couple more attacks happened and this is happens within a few months um they're Finally, stories start, you know, leaving Gévaudan and going to different parts of France. Um, and they're all over papers, which in this time period is pretty weird because most papers only are going to follow uh, international events, events of uh, royalty. It's going to f- cover wars. It's going to cover, you know, only like actual, you know, no, maybe not actual, but like that kind of news. And so something coming from a rural town in France is very unheard of to be on the press everywhere. Right. But when this happened, it gave the people 
of France something to rally around. And basically what happened was people from all over France, mostly ex-military, were coming together to try to stop this thing because they're like, hey, if we can't win a war, at least we can kill this beast of Gévaudan. And do they? They win real good, right? Oh, you know it. So yeah, the next sentence is they won and that's the end of the story. Excellent. (laughs) We've got a a long way to go. So um, as these stories are spreading through, there's just more and more attacks. Um, And stories start popping up that, oh, it's a wolf. No, it's a whole pack of wolves. No, it's it has to be a different kind of monster. Um, And from from there, attacks just keep coming. By the end of August, um, and I believe this is the next year, a boy disappeared and they found him, his animal still grazing around him, and he was partially eaten, but mostly not. He was wow. not protected by his sheep. Yeah, seriously. Dang. <laughs> he did not treat his sheep well, clearly. Um, they did not have his back. <laughs> and by September, there was already four more kills. Finally, by this point, the people of Jevadan were convinced that there was an evil creature that that lurked among them. It only took probably 20 kills but you know hey now they finally are like hey guys i think something crazy is going on and it sounds like 20 kills with a lot of them being children so oh most of the kills were children because those are the people that were normally going to be the shepherd out in the fields yeah well good on you guys jevodon i assume a lot of their throats were just like viciously ripped out and they were not eaten other than that horrific hickey that they got oh i guess but yeah, I think that'd be a pretty good uh, inclination that you got something uh, something nefarious on your hands. And I think the people of Jevedon agree with you, Bryce, because after this, they were like, okay, enough is enough. And they decided to try to stand up to this. Um, also, a little bit of backstory in this time period of France. Fun fact, um, guns were illegal to have um, unless you were royalty or uh, in the military. Just well, so, like pitchforks and torches, it is. Yeah, yeah excellent. The best way to hunt down a wolf. Carried around like you know that staff that every shepherd's known for, but that was all. I believe they it's had called a crook. Themselves. Yeah, and uh, so these peasants at the time just rallied together with a bunch of sticks. We'll uh, we'll see how they do. Basically, n- not not good things happened. More deaths. <laughs> no, the more people yeah. that went out um, to go hunting more people died fun fact if uh you give opportunities to a monster to kill you it's gonna kill you what um, well you just need more people with sticks yeah you know, just bigger groups um more we the merrier were some uh brave stories of different people fighting off the beast we have um that mr jm smith writing again he uh he writes that there were bounties offered and many hunters um accepted the bounties and stuff they combed the countryside looking for the creature we have a story in october 8th 1764 um the beast was sighted in chateau de la baume it was apparently stalking a herdsman and the hunters followed the animal to the state's woods and flushed the animal into the open um Mm. apparently the hunters shot it multiple times with guns and the creature fell and then rose again and ran off um so either almost had this monster or just something that's like bulletproof. So, um, I think we might have a skinwalker in our hands. I mean, it does sound like that. I've heard this story before. <laughs> um, and yeah, just stories of this went all over France again. Just how apparently this thing is bulletproof. And so again, 
as the story continues, the legend just gets more and more whether or not these hunters actually did this or killed something else or missed or something like whatever is happening. Cause I don't believe anything supernatural in the story is happening, but the supernatural is just growing as these stories continue because these people are apparently seeing these crazy things. We have um, Jean Baptiste Duhamel. Uh, he was apparently a captain of the local infantry and um, him and a regional government delegate that I'm not going to try to pronounce his first name, but it's Lafont is his last name. Um, apparently Ooh. joined by over 30,000 volunteers, all ex-military uh, to hunt down this, this one monster. Jeez, <laughs> and, uh, they scoured countrysides. They laid traps. Uh, they laid poison bait. They um, had some volunteers dress up like women in hopes to attract um, well, they should have had the children going out there. That's that's the market. <laughs> should have had them dressed up like children. Just get yeah. on their knees, you know. Just poison somebody, have them dressed up as a child, and just send them out into a field. They're like, <laughs> all right, we got them, no problem. Um, and just like I had mentioned, these uh, people were ex-military. These were just highly motivated people because they just wanted to bring some kind of honor back to France after just humiliation after humiliation. Uh. Um but they also obviously wanted the bounties and the rewards that came with killing it. Obviously it's not just all honor and valor. There is some so much. So it's said that the um, reward money was equal to about a year's salary. Jeez. So pretty, pretty impressive. Um, in, In a French paper that was written at the end of 1764, it said hunters who are in pursuit have neither been able to stop it because Apparently, it is more agile than they. So, we have a beast that is more agile than 30,002 men. I mean, when you get that many people together, I feel like their, their agility goes downhill. <laughs> now that at this point, they're just a giant mob of people and they like stumble together in a group. Right. The, so, uh, I could almost believe, you know, that. Believe it. The like hunters that shot a volley of like musket fire at it, like. You know, that maybe it was bulletproof or whatever. You maybe know, they just missed. Just, just really stretch my imagination. But <laughs> saying that this thing is like that they can't stop it because it's more agile than them. I don't know. For some reason, that's where my belief kind of stops. And I'm like, so you're probably just not able to find it. And you probably just missed also at the beginning. <laughs> so <laughs> also, you probably just have bad aim. So yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a skill issue, honestly. <laughs> this is the real reason why you lost the war, because you just can't hit anybody. The paper continues saying, nor lure it into their traps. So this is obviously continuing after the agile part. So nor lure them into their traps because it surpasses them in cunning, nor engage in combat uh, when it presents itself to them because its terrifying appearance weakens their courage, disturbs their vision, gets in their heads shaking, and neutralizes their skill. So... If I read that in, a paper in the 1700s, that sounds like supernatural, right? Like something yeah, that yeah. into your mind and neutralize your skill, just make you lose all your courage. When you saw that 30,000 people are doing like that is an impressive feat for just a, you know, a wolf. So, of course, people are going to think more than that. But not only is this a wolf, it's a wolf that is it's not a wolf, wolf. <laughs> it's like a wolf. That's my favorite description so far. It definitely sounds like something that is not worth a year's salary trying to hunt down. It definitely sounds sounds too much for that. 
yeah, I don't think, uh, especially when you bring it in for the bounty, they're like, oh, you killed it by yourself? Yeah, I did. It was incredible. Put up a big fight. I don't think that's it, though, because you couldn't Yeah, clearly that's not the right thing, because if it was the right thing, you there's no way you would have been able to do it. It's like, well, what? And why is there a reward? I'm confused. Right. Um, one of the guys, he was the, um, he was the captain of the infantry that I mentioned. He apparently described the beast as having a chest as wide as a horse, a body as long as a leopard's, red fur with a black stripe so kind of like i mentioned before so he's the the reason why we get that description um uh, apparently witness claimed that it walked on its hind legs perhaps um hopping <clears throat> hoping <laughs> hoping to excuse the hunter's failure the witness also says that the beast's skin could withstand e- or even repel bullets so again repel bullets so he's not bulletproof he's <laughs> like magnetic got like magneto over here man <laughs> awesome back at us (laughs) they're coming back everybody run he's shooting a gun too i just think it's funny how like in the old days they'd like compare everything to like measurements of different animals you know yeah like i know we kind of meme about that all the time but he's like yeah it's got chest as wide as a horse and a body as long as a leopard's and i'm like i don't really know how long a leopard is and (laughs) The chest on the horse is not what I first go to. My my thought was definitely, are leopards particularly long? I I don't think of leopards as being all of that like oddly lanky. I've just they're like a normal every other cat. I've never really looked at a leopard and gone, wow, that's a really long animal. That's a weird looking creature. It's a strange thing. Uh, yeah, only like five four. Oh, easy. Wow, I'm taller than that. Yeah, get good. Now, if they said that it was as long as John down the street, who's seven four, then <laughs> then I could be like, okay, yeah, John is a long guy. I get that. He's a big dude. But no, they're just talking about a regular four foot creature. That's nothing. Five foot. Thank you very much. Sorry, so I we got the measurement. Tons of hunters from all over come to to try their luck. Right, we mm-hmm. had a father-son team from Normandy. So out of... Oh, now we're going to get it done. Right? <laughs> they, they claim to have killed more than a thousand wolves in their career. That's an oddly specific thing. They came to Jevedan with, you know, people like fainting. They were probably like the biggest rock stars to everyone. Wolf um, Legendary. <laughs> and to be, uh, you know, not too excited about it, they uh, didn't kill a beast. Nothing. What? <laughs> But they've killed a thousand other wolves. How could this one be escape their grasps? Well, obviously, wasn't a wolf then. They're only good at killing wolves, you know. <laughs> oh, so true. They've never killed a mouse. Never killed a, a deer. Nothing. Only wolves. So true. I mean, that's true. When you did, uh, when you did misspeak and accidentally say hopped, I was definitely thinking you were going to say that they were like it was also hybridized with like a kangaroo or something. I'm like, well, no wonder people can't take this thing on. It's a kangaroo. It's coming after. So more than these guys, because no one cares about that. We had Thanks, children man. that were celebrated for taking on the beast. What? Um, <laughs> we were like, hey, you're a 12-year-old. Why not go, uh, sorry, 10-year-old. You can go kill it. Um, so Whoa. apparently on January 12th, 1765, um, the beast apparently attacked a 10-year-old named Jacques Portef- Portefe. Sure. I don't know where that actually came from. Sorry. <laughs> um, apparently a group good. of seven friends ranging from the ages of 8 to 12 um were attacked so he portafe led a counterattack with sticks driving off the creature the children were rewarded by king louis the 15th 
um, and he was given a education that was paid for by the crown, which is unheard of from a peasant. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but why is there like this child militia forming? Yeah, it's <laughs> like counterattacking. And... <laughs> how desperate these people were. Man, it's just crazy. It's like everybody's like, yeah, send in the children now. They'll get it done. <laughs> so it's through the hearts of children that we get our next hero. It's the militarized hero. children. Um, King Louis XV saw how heroic these children were, and he sent his own royal hunters to destroy the beast. Okay. Um, there was apparently a 6,000 lever. Isn't it livery? The money of uh, of ancient France. <laughs> I thought that was a livery. 6,000 of whatever currency. <laughs> um, apparently that's the amount that was on the creature's head by now. Um, the story of the beast, meanwhile, was spreading all over uh, from Boston to Brussels, becoming the history's first international media coverage. Um, I mean, huge range with this. Absolutely unheard of, especially for, you know, a wolf attack, probably, you know. There was a pretty legendary story, if I do say so myself, um, if all of these stories could be considered legendary, but this is the top of the top. So wow. um, there was crop. a 19 or 20 year old named Marie Jeanne Valet. Um, she was attacked by the beast on August 11th, 1765, while crossing the river Des Desques, um with her sister. Um, she was armed with a bayonet affixed to a pole. So she made like a makeshift uh, spear, which is pretty great. Um, apparently it was said that she impaled the beast within his chest uh, the beast got away but Vlay became known as the Amazon or the maid of Jevedan and nice. basically uh, this folk hero among the people for not only surviving an attack but also wounding and you know maybe even killing it we don't know but because the creature did run away but if I got stabbed nice. in the chest I'll tell you what I, I would die I mean that, that's because you have a human chest not a horse's chest you're right. This is a big difference. Everybody cool. knows horses' chests are infamously strong. They're built different. <laughs> Definitely one of the cooler stories because I want the name of Maid of Jevodan. Or the right. Amazon, man. Like the, the original uh, Wonder Woman. I was just thinking she's an Amazonian. <laughs> um, and then we get... Um, the king is going to enter the story again. He His uh, hunters obviously failed. I don't know if I mentioned that, um, but he was like, okay, okay, time to get serious. So serious that I'm going to send a 71 year old person to kill this thing. We ran out of the children, ran out of the hunters. Now it's to the elderly time. <laughs> a man named uh, Franz, Francis Antone, Antony. Um, he was the gun bearer of the king. He was like the gun bearer. He's a bear with guns? That sounds awesome. I didn't know France had that. Basically like it's a like, League of Legends character. That's so cool. <laughs> it's like a cybernetic bear with guns attached to him. That's freaking brutal. Bears, guns. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's a 71-year-old guy. So what's he going to do? But apparently he took his nephew. Oh, so he's bringing a kid as bait. Well, <laughs> this guy's smart. They shot a large wolf near an abbey. Um, and it was assumed to be the beast. It was much larger than a normal wolf, and he uh, basically like, cut off the head, stuffed it, and sent it to the king. And then nice. Antony was rewarded by the king with titles, tons of money. Um, he and then yeah, gave gave the corpse that was stuffed to the royal court. And the king was like, 
okay, cool. That's the end of that. Good job, us. And uh, let's move on. Uh, Problem solved. Got the, the thing, the story died down. Um, the attacks actually kind of uh, stopped for like a day, but then oh, I started just one day. No, nah, from September to December. So it wasn't actually a day, but like, a couple of days, handful. A couple of days. <laughs> Um, according to my account in the um, 1898 volume called the per- uh, Parisian Illustrated Review, um, this time, starting in December, the beast acted much differently, at least behaviorally, um, where before the creature was afraid of cattle. Um, this time it showed no fear coming out all times of the day, attacking you know people much less um, restrained, I suppose. Jeez, this almost sounds like it's like a serial killer or something, you know? Exactly. Oh, it's totally. mad that uh, you think that you killed it by some like impersonator wolf. Well, even more, uh, the royal court, the king, everyone just ignored it. They they were like, nope, the beast is dead. This just is probably something else, whatever. Um, he, The king insisted that his gun bearer, Antony, had killed the creature, and no one, no one was taking this seriously anymore. Uh, apparently there was another outbreak of attacks in early June of uh, 1767 that compelled a nobleman in, in the area named Marquise Diapacare um, to organize a hunt on June 19th. One of the hunters, a local man named Jean uh, Castell, he apparently shot a wolf in the slopes of Mount Moshe. Uh, apparently there was an autopsy that happened with the animal. It revealed that there was human remains inside and that the animal had non wolf characteristics uh, described by witnesses. So we believe that that was the uh, beast that was terrorizing the people for four years. Maybe it was just a wolf with rabies or like mange or something, you know, or mange. Yeah. I mean, that's true too. It's always something with mange. Mange is like always. the go-to. Right. It, just cause it looks so, freaking freaky man yeah right mange does like look terrifying on like animals that have a bad case it's like they do look scary unfortunately the poor guy poor animals right yeah um so before we get too deep into theories let me just kind of read some of the the more popular ones um just so we kind of can see where why these could possibly be on the list so one of the most popular within pseudoscience and cryptozoology is that the creature was a werewolf. Um, Other than the one story where the person said that it walked on its hind legs, I see no reason why this would be a werewolf because it attacked during all times of the day. I don't know what real werewolves would do, but they don't do that normally, you know, (laughs) but it could describe why they were attacked and not eaten. Yeah. Maybe it was just like an elite form of werewolf that can go out any time of day. It doesn't need to be specifically at night. Yeah, yeah. And... It's like uh, it's like the blade of a. Uh, yeah. Of, you know. It's yeah, the, exactly. A walker. <laughs> I hope not. That would, that would not be good. Well, I mean, clearly they killed it, so we're good. <laughs> right now, we're good. Um, but almost just as unrealistic, if we look at like extinct prehistoric creatures. We have stuff like the bear dog, the dire wolf, the hyenodon, um, all creatures that did exist no longer exist. So maybe that like somehow survived or something. But the, that idea of a large animal being able to evade detection for you know millions of years is pretty implausible to say the least. Unless it was able to like teleport using quartz in the yes, <laughs> yes. 
So true. It's always courts and ghosts, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Explain all of life's mysteries. Maybe this was the ghost of a dire wolf, and it was just so, like appearing, killing somebody, but then it would disappear before it got the opportunity to eat the person. Slash, it's also a ghost, so it doesn't eat people because it doesn't need to. And so it would just show up, kill somebody, and then just disappear. This entire place is just there haunted by dire wolves. Problem solved, man. Case closed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we wrapped that up. Good day, everyone. They needed an exorcist, not a bear, a gun bear. A you, gun uh, bear. <laughs> gun bear. <laughs> Our next thought, Bryce, you had mentioned it as well a little bit, that some have suggested that it could be a serial killer. Um, many of the yeah. beasts are reported to be decapitated. Some of the some animals could do that, but most of the time that's pretty unlikely. It's pretty um, hard, man. Right. The, uh, the human spine is... It's pretty resilient in the whole like neck area. Um, so also things to keep in mind, it would be very unlikely for a killer to just roam about and kill people wearing a furry. I mean, sorry, a beast costume. (laughs) And uh, other people have said, oh, it's a human that's using animals to commit crimes. Um, It's got like a trained attack wolves. Well, I, they, people would assume more like war dogs because they're like armored. And stuff. Uh, that makes more sense than trained attack wolves. And, uh, armored dogs normally c- could shrug off bullets um, at the time. Um, True. Still pretty unlikely because dogs are yeah. not large enough to be described as as big as a horse. It's just a lot of armor, so it bulks it up and makes it look big. I would also say that... I'm pretty sure if you saw an animal wearing armor, you'd know it was wearing armor. Yeah. You know? Like, you see, like, a dog with iron plates on it, you're not going to be like, yo, that's a weird animal. And you're like, that's a dog. Her on the, the dog's armor and made yeah. it of what people were describing. He's got, he's got armor on the dog with then a layer of fur over top of that armor with then a racing stripe painted down the back of the dog <laughs> yeah. to give it some speed. We could go fast with all that, uh-huh. like, 200 pounds of armor on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to offset the armor with the racing stripe to give it, to boost its speed back up. <laughs> and then our next theory is that it could possibly be a striped hyena. Um, because some uh, of the descriptions, like its coat and the racing stripe and, and whatnot, does resemble what a striped hyena looks like. Um, it is possible that there was a, like a, um oftentimes with royalty they have people come from all over the world and bring exotic animals and exotic foods right. and stuff and so it's basically like a rich person circus or something and it's like so a rich person show and tell. that a yeah, right. know, was in that that caravan and possibly escaped um obviously because striped hyenas are not native to france um contrary right. to um it also would have appeared very unusual for people most people have not seen hyenas especially in that time um but sadly enough and by sadly enough i mean luckily enough striped hyenas are not known for attacking humans so um, also nobody really ever mentioned like hearing any kind of weird like barking laughing kind of noise which is like a very distinct thing that hyenas do you would think people would resonate and recognize that like oh this is a really creepy creature that like is killing people, killing children, and laughing about it. That's kind of yeah. messed up. Aren't like hyenas also just kind of like as big as like medium sized dogs or not? I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Big. Now, with the same idea as the striped hyena, let's get a little bit bigger. 
we have someone named Carl Hans Take. He's a biologist and wrote a book called The Givadon Tragedy, The Disastrous Campaign of a Deported Beast. What a title. Anyways, yeah, seriously. He argues that the beast could have been an immature male lion. So like the hyena, it's possible that the lion could escape from captivity. Um, the beast reportedly was an ambush hunter that seized prey by the neck and could, could possibly uh, decapitate a human. So we get a lion who is much larger than a hyena, is incredibly powerful, definitely could rip someone's head off. Right. And, uh, definitely exhibits uh, ambush-like hunting, very predatory behaviors, sometimes doesn't eat but could just attack unprovoked. Sure. And everybody knows lions are bulletproof, so that makes sense as well. well. No. Um, but yeah, so lions do eat humans sometimes as food. Um, there's apparently a case um, that happened in Savo, um, where a pair of lions killed over 130 victims in under a year. Uh, Jeez. supporting fact is that the territory of the beast was roughly about uh, 56 by 50 miles, which aligns typically with um, a lion's range of travel. So um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, possible facts leading mm. us to believe that. Um, apparently eyewitnesses in France at the time were likely not familiar with uh, what living lions looked like. They didn't know much about them other than stylized imagery from books. A uh, sub-adult male does not have a, a fully developed mane and could sometimes have like a mohawk kind of thing going on, making it look like a racing stripe. Um, so again, it could potentially look like what people were describing. That that does kind of seem like the most grounded, most likely out of the theories that we've heard. Right. Yeah. But I'm still not entirely convinced. I don't know. It just seems like a lot, you know. I still think werewolf. I mean, I'm I'm still on board. Well, just so we know, I'm going down the list of what's least likely to most likely. So, Randy, you're saying that the least likeliest possibility. Least likely to you. That's just because you're not a believer. I'm you're just not woke enough to, to see the evidence in front of you. You're just denying. Um, yeah, probably not. Um, so, <laughs> what I believe and what most people... Um, most people are wrong, so... ...is that it was a wolf or even a pack of wolves. Among these theories considered to be the most credible is that wolves uh, perpetra perpetrated the attacks. Jevudan had a serious wolf infestation for most... Clearly, there was... You know, people time. killed a thousand wolves in the uh, area. Well, yeah. That was from Normandy, so a little bit from oh. you know, France. But Still a lot of wolves in the surrounding countryside. Um, sources believe that a large... Or that large lone wolves could very well live there and um we're attacking communities across the entire region not even specifically jevodon but there were sightings of large wolves um that or even wolf packs that were also known to attack uh settlements um wolves are native to the region they have definitely attacked people before some statistics show that wolves attacked over 9000 uh have attacked over 9000 times within France between the 17th and 19th century which absolutely massive number um in most of these like cases. two centuries though right seriously well yeah but i mean nine thousand wolf attacks is still pretty pretty large number i wonder what that breaks down to like per month okay well you look um most of these cases were uh either you know rabid wolves um so the i will admit there are potential flaws in this wolf theory including the frequency of beast attacks obviously if 200 died in four years, 
um, if we suggest or we, we put in the suggestion that it wasn't just one single rabid wolf and there could be multiple rabid wolves, then, you know, we, we have something. But again, that's obviously impossible to figure out. Also, none of the victims ever contract uh, contracted rabies, the ones that survived. So maybe these wolves right. were rabies. Um, so while this theory is obviously the most um, credited, it has just as many holes in it and pretty much every single one of them. And that's why this uh, case of the Beast of Gévaudan is one of the most interesting cases within France, but also just in history, because it's just unsolved. So you're saying werewolves are a chance still. They technically There's are just as many holes in this theory as there is in the werewolf theory. Maybe a maybe a f- less. You said it. You said it. I think you're grasping at straws, Randy. No, I'm grasping at werewolves. But uh, now that I've told you, not my theories, but people's theories. What what are you guys thinking? And it can't I mean, be werewolves. Does it have to be said? It's werewolves every single day. Clearly, they're real. Uh, in in all actuality, yeah, it's probably just wolves. It's probably just and and it could be that a portion of the deaths are affiliated or associated with people who got rabies or or, or wolves that got rabies, and it could have been like that an entire pack spread rabies throughout itself, and then like they all went rabid, all went crazy, started killing a bunch of people off. All those people died because rabies is a deadly disease. Therefore, any survivors would have been just people who got like randomly attacked by regular wolves. And that's just part of like, because those people who would have survived by the random healthy wolves are just part of that normal statistic of wolves that attack. Do, and then they do you know if rabies is like you're going to contract it every single time you get attacked by something with rabies. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's 100 percent guarantee. And it and if you don't get a treatment within a couple of days of getting of catching it which there wouldn't have been any treatment back then you you definitely die so that's where it's like even if they had survived the attack of like the initial attack they would have died eventually just from the rabies if they actually were so saying that none of the survivors contracted rabies it's like well yeah that's because they died they they there's no way they could survive so i could see it just being a rash of like five or six wolves that got rabies spread it amongst themselves and then just went off on a tear across the countryside and then eventually died and well also the uh vaccine or whatever for rabies didn't get invented until 1885 so exactly so they like anybody who got it at this point in time would have just died that they were just screwed though i will say that like rabies symptoms are like pretty kind of obvious so they I think are. we probably would have noticed something if there was like a pretty like a significant trend in like survivors contracting rabies, you know. I mean, so they may have just thought it was they were cursed. They probably just been like, oh, this person got bit by the wolf and now they're turning into something. They're becoming possessed. Mm-hmm. Well, then that probably would have been worked into the the stories, though, right? Yeah, you would think so, but I don't think I'm so. not saying it's a flawless idea. I'm just, and, I, and that's where I don't think it's all of the deaths, all of the attacks were associated with rabid wolves, but I think that there's a good chance that some of them were, and that's why the number spiked so aggressively for this short of time, because like there was some amount of them that were rabid, went off on a tear, and then the normal amount of normal wolves attacking people and causing deaths continued to exist, and so it just like caused a 
temporary influx for a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know. That's my thought. That's in my mind, the most logical explanation of just like, yeah, it's probably just wolves going crazy. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like mine might be a little bit more out there, but I would kind of fall more in line with the, uh, it's like a serial killer. And that yeah. this is somebody who is uh, very unwell and they disguise their kills as like animal maulings. Right. Yeah. Because it seems weird to me that if you have these shepherds or shepherd S's getting attacked, and it kind of almost sounds like they're the only person, even like out of their flock, that's getting attacked. That's mm-hmm. true. Like, why wouldn't like a lion maybe pick off some sheep or like some goats or whatever they're herding, you know? Or like even point. wolves or hyenas even? It just seems weird that they would go immediately for the the small child, you know. The only reason I think maybe explanation for that, though, I think if this is actually the explanation, then not trying to blame the children, but like have some self worry for your own life. But a thought is it might be that the kids try to step in and try to like scare the animal off to protect the herd, like the the sheep and try to like just like intimidate the animal because theoretically an animal like if you start coming at it and it's like and you're in a group of other animals it might it might intimidate the wolf and scare the animal off so maybe that the children yeah. tried to do that that's possible. and the animal lashed back out so but that being said if that is what it is then like kid there's n- no flock of sheep is as important as your life just like let your wolf go let them take them and just step back if you you losing three wolves won't be that or you losing three sheep won't be that big of a deal yeah like live another day exactly but i don't know it also seems kind of kind of strange that like it's decapitations as well which is yeah generally don't think what animals really do at all that's i definitely think that the possibility of some kind of serial killer is a very rational thought um because the amount of people that were decapitated was so low i don't think it puts as much credence toward that though yeah i suppose maybe it was even somebody that saw that there was like a string of animal attacks and decided to disguise a couple of their kills as it that could i mean 16 kills for a serial killer is still pretty high that is yeah yeah i uh i don't think we'll solve this tonight because it's not (laughs) been quite quite a few years um but i just i heard the story um check out puppet history they do an episode on this and it's amazing um learned a lot there's definitely more like cool trivia stuff in theirs that's just very fun to know. Uh, but I totally enjoyed learning about the beast of Javadan. I think that um, kind of these more realistic ones, maybe not realistic, but like these, these kinds of stories are very True interesting. Crime cryptids, man. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. Um, also, if you guys scroll to the top of the page um, and if you guys look up the beast of Javadan, if you're just listening right now, um, the pictures that I have up here, look it up, whatever. These are actual um, printings from the paper during that time. Period. Really? 
Really? So these were interpretations of the you know the different uh, publishing companies. Um, I like so the one with lipstick on it. Yeah, right. right? Um, so and eyeshadow too. You, um, <laughs> usually they have the beast attacking a woman in these, um, and then they'll just show the brave people hunting it or whatever and so just brave. The ways that it, like in the different stories that have happened to it and the artworks it's it's a very cool uh you know being one of the first international stories it, it definitely uh we definitely know a lot about it for yeah this one seems like it took place at like such a fascinating time because you have like it seems pretty well reported on but at the same time like science isn't as like in the forefront of everybody's minds like yeah people are still pretty superstitious generally so it's just kind of fascinating to see that you know you're actually getting like pictures and newspaper printings of like hey here's this wild wacky cryptid monster thing Mm -hmm, and it's real yeah and enough information and enough technology to be able to report on it but not enough to like fully do a deep investigation and find out what it actually is. Yeah. Just enough to be like, yo, like maybe this is real. Who's to say? Which is kind of neat. I agree with you guys. Like this time period, very interesting because like science and medicine and just like science, just it's, so it's not underdeveloped, asked. but like I have, okay. I have a hard time and I've, I've definitely talked to people that agree with me, but it's a wrong way of thinking. I have a hard mm-hmm. time thinking people during this time period were like people nowadays you know like very you know whether or not they were literate i mean we haven't like evolved much from the 1700s if at all you know and so like they're just as much like humans and sometimes i forget that i'm not even gonna lie yeah (laughs) that sounds really weird i don't know if that makes sense no i can totally get that it's just like it was such a different time, a different culture, you know, mm-hmm. and technology and like science and medicine have like defined like our way of thinking and our way mm-hmm. of living so much. Because of like the amount of information that we have today, the amount of technology and like advances in science that we have, a lot of the ways that we think are very like scientific, very clinical, very like specific in that way in like trying to find out like the the logical scientific way that it could have happened versus like back in the day they didn't have science so much and so like they just went with whatever their version of that was like they had stories to tell and they had that kind of information that they that was their truth that was what they were taught that was what they were raised on and that was what the world was to them like for us the world is a very scientific place a very very structured place to them it was the world was a world of mystery and so things like this when something came up it was like oh yeah sure that could exist and so like although they may seem like less logical people i think it's just that the world they lived in the way they were raised and everything was just different and that was just the way that they were but uh yeah so to all the listeners what's your theories let us know there's probably something that you could do or tiktok or twitter go to twitter let's have an, let's talk about this hop on the werewolf train it's a werewolf we know yeah, it what do you, you can't hide is it. it is it a serial killer is it rabid wolves is it a werewolf they is can't hide the truth from all of us you can contact us at like 
Brad said on Twitter at Vanquishers Pod or on our TikTok as well. Brad is there to answer questions as well. You don't have to just talk to me on Twitter. Oh. Yeah, um, I'm less interesting than Bryce, but I can uh, do funny videos. That's all I there do. There you go. But um, also, but I can't if, do you either. Any, if you have any friends that are history buffs and you want to show off your knowledge, talk to them about the Beast of Jevadan. I don't think they know about it. Not enough people know about it. Spread <laughs> the word, the truth. <laughs> Good word. Werewolves are real. There's it proof. This? It's fact. But uh, I know this was a shorter episode today, guys, but we were just trying some new things and hoping everyone likes it. So we will catch you guys next week.